What is up, everybody? Welcome to the 4 for Formula 1 podcast with this week's Azerbaijan Grand Prix preview. As always, I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com with my co-host, Dan Weiner, the senior producer at BetSpurs. Before we get into everything today, just want to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Run the Sims. 444 is teamed up with Run the Sims for projections, tools, and content for both F1 and USFL, DFS, and betting. Go to runthesims.com. Use the promo code 444 for 10% off USFL and F1 offerings, or just click on the link in the description. Uh, Dan, what's up? Haven't talked to you in a while. Excited to get back to uh, another back-to-back race weeks um, with a really, really good one to start off this two-week stretch here. I'm good. Sorry. I've, I <laughs> So to, to peel back the curtain here, there's a setting on StreamYard, which is what we use to broadcast this, to show the display names. I didn't realize until we started the show that I didn't have the display <laughs> names turned on. And so we were talking off air and we'll get into greater detail because it's the thing that I find most fascinating right now about the sport is the dynamic at Red Bull. So when I click to turn the display names on and TJ says Perez number one at Red Bull made me laugh pretty hysterically. <laughs> so if you saw me kind of start laughing there, that's why. But uh, yeah, uh, this is going to be a fun race. Azerbaijan has always been a bit unpredictable. One of the newer circuits only been around since 2016, but it's usually unpredictable, usually uh there are a bunch of guys who don't finish the race i think the the three of the last four times there were at least four drivers who failed to classify as many as six uh last year less so uh only two drivers failed to to classify but four drivers didn't finish the race and uh, if you watched or didn't watch last year uh max verstappen was well on his way to cruising to an easy victory blew a tire ended up wrecking and that kind of set things off so uh from a betting dfs perspective uh it is a maddening week that i'm not super excited about trying to figure out how to win but uh from a fan perspective the games are still gonna be fun it's still gonna be fun to try to bet on it play dfs but from a fan perspective this should be just a tremendous race yeah it, it'll be i i think just from a a dfs perspective um this is going to be a really good one, and we'll get into what happened in qualifying. Th- this week is going to set up really well if you just understand ownership percentages and understand like where the variance is most likely to come from, not up front. Uh, I-, I think it's going to give us a lot of really good chances to exploit those ownership percentages because we should see quite a bit of overtaking. And there, there's just a lot of uh, tricky spots in this race where, where the drivers can lose it. We already saw it like multiple times on that crazy turn 15 um, a lot of drivers having trouble with that so put that in into a, a race setting and obviously a lot of things that we expect to happen can blow up so let's uh let's talk a little bit about qualifying what happened and and uh how things shook out this morning yeah um there you can see the breakdown of everything um Lance Stroll in Q1 because it's Lance Stroll and he and Nicholas Latifi for whatever our Canadian friends uh, on the circuit tend to like to wreck their cars. Uh, he wrecked and it created a bit of chaos uh, at the end of Q1. Uh, everyone was kind of bunched up. So there was kind of weird racing conditions once the restart happened for everyone to try to get back to the line to get in their flying lap to try to get into Q2. The notable thing was Valtteri Bottas uh, barely escaped into Q2. Um, but from there, it was a pretty straightforward uh, kind of qualifying. Uh, if you look at Q3 over there, uh, Charles Leclerc has been insane. Like qualifying may not be everyone's boat in terms of watching because it's just one on one, but Charles Leclerc's best lap was 
insane. It was beautiful driving every sector, the fastest sector. Uh, he was first uh, Sergio Perez, who has been the second best car all week at this track. He's second. Max Verstappen ends up third. Carlos signs fourth. George Russell, the Mercedes cars struggling again this week, but uh, he gets into fifth. Pierre Gasly has been awesome all week. Uh, won me a bit of money this morning, which is pretty nice uh, for his sixth place finish. And you see Hamilton, Sunoda, Vettel and Alonzo round out the top 10 and uh, just a much easier way to kind of see how the grid shakes out there with you see both AlphaTauri cars in the top 10, which is kind of interesting. Um, a lot of kind of the, the teams, if you look at it, just kind of looking at it this way, not a lot of variance uh, in terms of teammates being with a large gap between yep. each other. Yep. Yeah, uh, obviously Vettel and Stroll is the one exception to that, but Leclerc and Sainz a row apart, Verstappen and Perez a row apart, Hamilton and Russell, Gasly, Sunoda, uh, Alonso and O'Connor a couple apart. So makes for a lot of interesting kind of discussions and decisions that are going to be have have to be made when we get into talking about building your lineups in DFS this week. Yeah, and if if you paid attention to the free practice sessions, um, you you probably noticed that the teams there was like some there were pretty clear tiers in terms of uh, where we thought the teams were going to shake out at least in qualifying. Obviously, when we get into uh, race pace and a full race, things can and, and will change a lot. Uh, but it seemed pretty clear to me going into qualifying that this is how things would shake out like I, I thought the top five teams would lock out the top five rows um Ocon ruined that for us and ruined yeah. one of our slips but I mean still the the we knew Alpha Tori uh found a lot of pace uh in practice coming in this week I'm pretty sure they had a, an upgrade on their car and then Alonzo uh had a lot of pace in, in practice 10th is probably actually a little disappointing for him uh for for qualifying but I, I think Ocon uh should find some of the pace there the big surprise is obviously Vettel up at ninth um, and then Botas behind his teammate I, I think maybe for the first time all year in qualifying so that will be a very interesting um, dynamic in terms of how we are attacking those guys because uh, Zhou Guan Yu is probably going to end up being one of the most popular drivers on, on the um, on the slate just because he's starting ahead of Botas. Um, but everything else kind of shakes out as expected. I, I, again, I think one of the things that we're going to be looking at in DFS this week, we have had a few races in a row, um, or at least like three of the last four, where we've been able to at least entertain the idea of an alternate captain, whether it had been Stroll starting 10th, um, you know, Russell's been a, a kind of sneaky guy to slip in alternative lineups. Red Bull and Ferrari are so much better than the field right now that it's probably going to be the least creative we get with our captain and uh, constructor builds. And, and we're just going to be really getting trying to figure out how to get unique with their lineups. Obviously, we'll play a couple different ones, but we'll get into that. Um, but but do you kind of agree that that Red Bull and Ferrari are just it's. The, the chaos is probably going to be in the midfield, not so much up front. Like maybe, you know, they're going to battle, but uh, the crazy stuff probably happens in the mid and, and, and the rear field. Yeah, I mean, that's the most likely scenario, but you can never tell. Like nothing has gone really according to plan. And we haven't had like that's the one thing we haven't had yet this season. We've had, you know, Ferrari cars blow up. We've had Red Bull cars blow up. We've seen pit shenanigans with Ferrari the last or a couple of races in a row, but we haven't really seen 
those teams really racing at each other and having kind of chaos because of that. We had some really great racing at Monaco, I thought. I mean, for, for Monaco at least, uh, just the, the last like, 10, 15 laps there were really interesting, but we haven't had that one situation where there's been some chaos either at the start I mean, the, the racing has been really respectful between those two teams this year, and it'll probably remain that way. Like, I, I don't know that there's this real rivalry there yet, but yeah, I mean, that's the way that it feels. And if we, you saw like the going back to the other graphic there, they were like a second and a half almost a, ahead of Russell and Gasly, like, or Leclerc was anyway. It, it, there's just so they're so far out in front that, you know, you, you should sprinkle in some lineups with some alternate captains maybe, but just not a ton. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go team by team here, but I, I think looking at those um, those drivers or teams that ha typically haven't qualified well um, all season, just kind of keeping a, a thing in the back of our head that like, yeah, they qualified well, but they haven't been here, and there's just a lot of downside to those, those teams or drivers that haven't typically been in the points a lot. So I, I think that'll be super interesting. So um, let's go ahead and, and talk about what we're going to be uh, – thinking about team by team uh, for DFS, kind of a big broad overview. Uh, if you looked at salaries this week, um, those ceilings are, are once again fairly low, still nowhere near as low as they were uh, at the beginning of the season, but it's pretty easy. There's five or six of each combo, whether it's um, Max, Charles, Red Bull, Ferrari, all those combos that everyone's been using. Uh, we will have a lot of dupe lineups now. Checo starting second, winning last week. That might throw a wrench into how much people are using the Max uh, Red Bull combos, but those Charles Ferrari combos with Max or Checo as a driver, um, those are going to be duped a ton, but we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, let's start with Alpine. Alonso is at 6,800 starting 10th. Ocon 6,400 starting 13th. So we did see Alpine have some really nice pace in the uh, practice sessions. Ocon kind of a disappointing uh, qualifying. I thought they both could have got into the top 10 here. Obviously, Alonso's going to be the better play because he's only $400 more and already starting uh, in the points. But out of all of the drivers we have, if if we don't assume crashes or chaos, like, does Ocon have the best move up the grid equity, 13th? I mean, it, it's reasonable that with that car, he could get into like a, a, a 7th or 8th place finish and maybe even finish ahead of Alonso. I think it's entirely possible, but I wouldn't discount Alonzo there either. Like he's known as being a great starter and I'm sorry, I got to pop this back up because I don't remember who's in front of him. Uh, I mean, he's got Sunoda and I know Vettel's a very good driver too, historically, but he's got some drivers with a little bit of inexperience. You know, the two Alpha Tauris and Vettel's car just typically hasn't been as good as his car has been this year. So there's definitely a shot that Alonzo is going to be able to move up quite a bit himself here. And the thing that you have to remember is like, the more you move up, the more points you get in the top 10. So is that going to off? If that happens, is it offset the amount of points that uh, Ocon is going to be able to get like Ocon might be able to move up five spots and get those three points. But I, beyond that, I don't know. Could, you know, and if Alonzo ends up finishing fifth, like, does that kind of offset it? So, you know, if you're if you're looking to throw some mid-tier salary guys in there, I mean, I would sprinkle both of them in there. But I think that I like I, I like Alonzo a lot this in this race. I don't know what happened to them today. I haven't seen an explanation for why they struggled to find their pace so much in, in, in practice. They were bad uh, qualifying. They did a little bit better. But Alonzo's car was right there. Like he was on par with Gasly. Uh, as as the you know that second tier really behind the Red Bull and Ferrari cars yesterday in practice, 
and I still don't really know what happened to them today, but if they can find the pace they had yesterday, there, you know, there's some definite uh, possibilities for them to, to both of those cars to move up and, and Alonzo in particular, I think. Yeah, I didn't get to see. I, I know there were there were a couple drivers. I think most notably Lando and and Albon uh, in qualifying. There was a couple issues just with with traffic, uh, that, which we don't really see a lot in qualifying. So I don't know if that affected Alpine at all today. I, I haven't seen that, um, but I I do think that targeting these mid salary guys are going to be are going to be one of the keys to building unique lineups this week because I do think a lot of people. Uh, again, we'll talk about but Vettel and and Zhou Guanyu about they being so chalky. It's going to lend itself to a lot of studs and dud builds. So when 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 you see how ownership shakes out on these guys, we'll have a clear picture. Um, but I definitely think both of these drivers are going to be uh, very important in building unique lineups. Let's move on to Austin Martin and Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Stroll crashed twice in one lap, which is very, very hard to do. Uh, I didn't know that was possible. So Sebastian Vettel, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel is going to be he he's tied as the second best um, salary versus grid position, starting ninth all the way down at forty two hundred dollars. But at the same time, he has maybe the most downside on the grid because as you mentioned that that car hasn't been great. That's a spectacular qualifying for him. But we will see quite a bit of overtaking. We will see a lot of chaos. Like, is he like? I, I don't know how much he even has move up the grid equity. So he kind of scares me as like pretty bad chalk because I assume he'll end up in a good fifty percent of lineups. Um, but he can like maybe you know he 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 moves down six or seven grid spots and he still gets his plus five. But if you are eating a player that's or a driver that's 50 percent chalk you know maybe it's a, it's a good spot to avoid and i don't think you necessarily have to play stroll over him like obviously stroll will be you know if if vettel gets into an incident stroll will be a very low owned guy that can get you your plus five um but i i just think fading vettel for some alternate cheap guys might be a good move this week yeah i think that's a fair uh, fair assessment of that situation like Okay, if he his car hasn't been spectacular, like the the ceiling for that car from what we've seen at least on the track so far is not compared to Alonso. So yeah, I mean, does he move up a couple of spots? Sure, it's possible, but again, you have to move up. What is it? A three spot move up, or is it does it not start till five? Three spot, you get one point. You get one point for moving yeah. up three spots. Yep. Okay, maybe that's a possibility. Yeah. However, unlikely that may be. But like you said, what's more likely? He, <clears throat> excuse me, he he goes up three spots or he falls the requisite number of spots to lose points and, like you said, mitigate that five point for beating his own teammate. So yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of risk inherent there in playing Vettel. At the same time, it's one of the safest bets, at least for like on paper for the head to head. I mean, it's. I would say the the safest, except maybe Leclerc signs, but like, so yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible he just kind of ends up, and you're 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 just going to get the five, the six for classifying and beating his teammate. But you know, for the salary, it's still you know a worthwhile play, even if, like you said, there's a lot of risk there. Yeah, I, I think the the key to playing lineups with with Vettel is you're just going and and we'll get to this with Jogon Yu as, as well they're going to be so popular that you just have to be cognizant of the drivers you're playing around them. In your Vettel lineups, you're going to need one, probably two sub-20% guys. Uh, so that's probably going to be like a 
like a Botas, who who just people are just aren't going to play him at seventy four hundred starting fifteenth, um, or even one of the McLaren drivers. Like these are the these are the drivers you're going to need uh, in your Vettel lineups if you're going to separate from the field. Otherwise, you're just getting really really close to to um, to chopping. So speaking of Alfa Romeo and the an, another team that's going to have uh, a massive gap, at least in ownership. Is going to be Zhou Guan Yu and Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu starting 14th, but he's at $3,200 compared to Bottas starting 15th, one spot behind at $7,400. So Bottas is our worst value of the week starting that far back with that high of salary. Again, just like with Vettel, I, I just think the the thought process here with Guan Yu is going to be when we're using him, where can we get contrarian? Um, and understanding that there are going to be drivers that are similar salary the most obvious probably like albon or something that just aren't going to be as popular because again i think we find them in all the stud and duds lineups and then a lot of just you know punt lineups to to make salary but he, he'll be a guy that's probably 40 uh or or 50 percent so obviously we're using him i mean what is what can botas even do from 15th so it feels like every race, and I just started formulating this plan in my head to think about what scenario would I want to play Botas. And there, there aren't very many, just salary-wise, but there have been a bunch of times this year where a team with like a driver who's got potential starts in the back of the grid and they do some dif different things with tire strategies and those kinds of things. So could Alfa Romeo try something different with Botas and see what he can do in that regard? Like, look, we know how fast he can be. We know he's the kind of driver who can make a jump from 15th into the top 10, but for him to be a worthwhile play at $7,400, what are you sacrificing otherwise? Like the guys around him, uh, I have to clear this out for a second. I'm playing around with lineups while we're talking. Uh, like Fernando Alonso, 6,800 is a much better value. Do you have more faith in Lando Norris for $600 more is going to have a better race than Botas when you can be pretty confident that even though Lando Norris is only one spot ahead of his teammate, he's probably going to win. Now I'm pretty confident Botas will beat, uh, will beat Joe. Although Joe has shown some, uh, some, some pace. Uh, it's just, it's just going to be a hard sell for me to put Botas in a lot of lineups, unless you're just trying to be ultra contrarian, which you should be if you're playing a ton of lineups, but I still don't know what the, the upside of that is going to be unless things play out in a certain way. As we've seen this year, it, it happens. It's ha it happens plenty, but I still don't know if I love the idea of, of playing him a ton as much as I love him, as much as I do think that there is potential for him to go up just because of his ability. It's, it's a tough sell. Yeah. I think if you have a, if you have a Leclerc Vettel, uh, a Leclerc Ferrari and then like a, a Vettel and say Gasly, I, I think it, can you fit Botas into that? Yeah. So I, I think if you have like, if, if you have Leclerc with Ferrari constructor and then you have Vettel and Gasly who are all also going to be very chalky, I think Botas would make sense in that kind of lineup because he's just going to be super contrarian. He's going to offset those, um, those really popular guys. So if you really, really want to play Vettel and one of the AlphaTauri, uh, drivers for some reason in your Ferrari stacks. Um, I think Botas will make a lot of sense in there because he's just going to be one of those drivers that, like I said, you're going to need the sub 20% guy. He might even be like a sub 15% guy, which we just don't get a lot because there's, you know, there, there's only so many drivers. Um, but we might even see him at sub 15% this week. So those are the kind of lineups you want to be using Botas in.
Yeah, that said, though, like, think about it this way. If you're going to play him in a lineup with Sebastian Vettel, what is the, and, he, and you're banking on Botas to move up? Vettel is the kind of driver who would probably be one of the guys moving down behind sure. him. Sure. So like, sure. Yeah, it's just so it is so difficult to do that. It's playing around with that lineup. And yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to put Tsunoda in there because you're playing Gasly. It's like Schumacher and Albon are, are your best options otherwise in that lineup. And it's not a lot of upside, I don't think, there. So there's just not a lot of plays where playing Botas is going to be high, like pay yeah. out for yeah, you. Definitely. But, you know, again, if you're playing a million lineups or how many ever like max lineups, you know, throw them in one, see what yeah. happens and go from there. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, just from that, like, super chart, we're going to have a few drivers with just so much ownership <clears throat> that uh, he, he's just probably going to be one of the lowest owned drivers on the slate. Um, AlphaTauri is a very, very interesting case this week because uh, Gasly has been phenomenal all week and Sonoda's been good. Now they're both starting in the top eight. Gasly 5,200 at six, Sonoda 4,600 at eighth. So Gasly will be quite a bit more popular because he's only 600 more than Sonoda, but Sonoda will definitely get some ownership here because uh, starting at eighth, even if he doesn't get that plus five, he still is cheap enough where he could get you some points. And obviously a lot of things can happen. He can still get you that uh, plus five. So they are both top two in terms of value. If you look at the salary versus the grid position, um, if there's a driver that's more likely to, to move down, I, I think it's Sonoda. So I think he will be probably 30%, 40% type driver. Um, and, like you talked about with, with Vettel, I, I think if you're trying to think about, you know, what driver could move down to push up some of these lower drivers we like, I, I think he could be one of those guys. So this is going to be the dumbest thing I think I've maybe said on this show, or maybe not. On, <laughs> is this a situation where it is possible to put both of those guys in a lineup together? I've, I've been salary. I've been harping well, on like, like the I, idea of a double stack. Uh, for a long time and I think when it plays out right it's going to hit and I actually at the end of our notes when we talked about unique stacks I do think there are some yellow lineups where you can just go Gasly and Sonoda as a driver and it's going to be you're going to have two chalky guys in your lineup and you're probably if you're doing that it's probably going to be in one of your like Red Bull constructor stack it's definitely going to be in one of your Red Bull or Ferrari um, constructor stacks with whatever captain you choose to match them up with but even though they're chalky, it's going to be a very unique combination. Like we just don't see it a lot. So I've actually been pushing for like a, a double driver when it, when it hits perfectly. I think it is a it's the type of combo where it can give you a solo first place, which I think we've only seen once so far this season. So if we, I mean, we were talking about this off air that like the the DFS is already super high variance, and this is this sport so far i mean again we're only seven races into this sport in its dfs history so we are still learning but it's very difficult to there there's so much chopping going on there's so much lineup overlap that we really need to be thinking about not trying to win every week but giving us an opportunity for that unique first place finish like that's how you're going to make your money in in these um in these F1 DFS games and like no one's playing cash games. So we're only, we're looking for the biggest spike weeks possible. We're not looking for consistent uh, wins, which sounds counterintuitive, but a double driver stack is a way to get one of those unique first place finishes back. So uh, we jumped ahead there. So let's to, to, to get us back on track to what the, the dis discussion here between Gasly and Sonoda, I have a hard time. Like, 
Sunoda's not can't beat Gasly unless something happens to Gasly's car. It just he hasn't been as fast. So that's why Yuki's a risky play in that regard. But again, because so much can happen, both guys are worth playing in some form or fashion, mixing some things up. And my last thing on this topic, which again is getting ahead of myself, I apologize again, but playing around with it. This might be the first time this year that you can play a starting li- a lineup where all five of your drivers are starting in the top 10. Yeah, that's a really good point. You can play. Um, and- Yep. You can play any of the Red Bull Ferrari cars with Gasly, Sunoda, Alonso, and Vettel. And yep. I mean, you can do yeah. Leclerc and Ferrari. You can do Red or Red Bull and Max. Like, I don't know that we've seen that. I don't know if that's a lineup that's worth playing, but it was just something that, like, yeah. playing around with it, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think you'll probably. I think if you do that, your your cumulative ownership, even though you'll have that unique offertory combo, might be a little bit too high because you don't really have, you won't really have a contrarian guy in there. Um, but again, I I think it'll. I think it would end up being a lineup that probably chops still. I think I would still want one more guy that's a little more contrarian, but I, I don't think it's a bad lineup by any means, especially in, if you're playing small if small field, if you're playing like the the $33 8 max, I think it, it works really well in that um, just because there's only 250-something people in it. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to – I don't know that it's going to cash anything special, but like I just <laughs> I was just playing around with it. I was like, I don't know that we've seen that this year. Yeah. I haven't really thought too much about it because I haven't really thought about the idea of playing – two teammates together very often. But I mean, this I think is a situation where as a contrarian play, it's a possibility. Yeah. I think it's really good in that size. Anything that's like under 500 entries, I think it'll work fine in that, even though all the drivers will be chalky. I think that's a good way to get unique. Um, Haas not showing out very well. Um, neither Magnussen or Schumacher getting into Q2 Magnussen starting four spots ahead at 16th. So even though KMAG is the second worst value in terms of salary versus starting grid position, he's probably cheap enough that he, like 5,800 is not cheap, but it's not expensive either. I, I like Magnuson because he is one of the safer bets at the plus five. And I think one of the keys this week is going to be building in this middle tier, because again, I, I think there will be a ton of stud and dud lineups this week. So that's, that's why I like Magnuson. Obviously Haas isn't looking great unless you have uh, other insight into how um, their, their car is going to look, but I like that he kind of attacks that mid salary build. I have no idea what to make of them this week. Yeah. I mean, I just, you're, like you said, okay, cool. You're going to get probably get that plus five and then maybe the extra point for classifying. We've seen him put forth some good performances again, like Botas. Will we see Hosh try something? Uh, will they zig when everyone else is zagging in terms of tire strategy and all that kind of stuff? Just because they really have nothing to lose in that situation. Like they're 16th. If they finish 19th and 20th, that would suck. But like at the end of the day, if you're not, and I mean, it's t- if you're not first, you're last. If you're not 10th, you might as well be last. You know what I mean? So like maybe they throw a Hail Mary in terms of strategy and try to get into the top 10. So I guess maybe in that regard, they're kind of interesting to keep an eye on. But yeah, just a really strange weekend for them. And and, and man, Mick Schumacher, I, I, I want to see him do well, I guess. I don't really care, I guess. I want to see Haas do well. But like at, at a certain point, I mean, we've, I think I did this the last time I was on the show. Like we got to start seeing something from Mick Schumacher at some point. Like yeah, this his name his name carries a lot of weight. It's gonna bring sponsors. I understand that, but man, he's just not performing at all. And he's starting dead DFL, as we like to say in the business. <laughs> and like he can I mean he, he got Is there any chance he moves up. Like you're playing him hoping him that Magnuson's gonna crash, but like that's not a great way to go about it. Like Yeah. I, I so he's it, in terms of 
just DFS theory perspective, the Schumacher is, <laughs> he is the uh, Botas play without upside. Like you're only playing him in lineups where, again, you you have those, he, he actually might, like, like when we're talking about the the stroll thing um and and not playing botas with with stroll if you have like stroll uh Zhou Guan Yu, charles and um ferrari schumacher might make sense just from the perspective of he's going to be well under 20 percent owned but if something happens to k mag he gets you the the plus five he's it's very similar to like what we've done with latifi where He's not men's salary Schumacher, but you can win even if he gets you a zero, right? Or if he just finishes. Like, he, you could win because it's just going to give you a unique lineup. So I, I think the only way to play him is where, for whatever reason, you just like your these super chalky combos together. I think that's the only way to play Schumacher. If you're playing 150 lineups, I think you maybe do it twice. Gotcha. Um, McLaren is kind of stuck in no man's land this week. Like, they're the only team that I've prepping for this podcast and looking at ways to build i'm like i don't really know how i fit mclaren into my lineups uh because it doesn't seem like they have a ton of upside like we've seen nothing from ricardo that suggests he's going to finish ahead of norris without an incident at this point um they're starting right next to each other 11th and 12th with norris starting ahead there is a salary gap so eight thousand dollars for norris 5600 for ricardo Maybe that gives you some inkling to want to play Ricardo as a pivot in the midfield since he, he maybe can get you that plus five from one back. Um, Norris is interesting because he's really the only true salary pivot off of George Russell, who I think will be very popular in builds that don't have the uh, the, the Red Bull-Ferrari driver combos. Uh, but McLaren, tough spot finishing outside of the – starting from outside of the points – the only like saving grace thing I would say is they were P5 and P6 and FP3. So maybe they have some hidden pace, but all the other practice sessions, they were just as slow, if not slower than they were in qualifying. So uh, they're, they're kind of where, where Mercedes has been a couple of times where it feels like they're, they're tough salary to play. Not a lot of upside for them. Yeah. I kind of look at it. If you just want to look at it, like putting the salaries next to each other, Ricardo's $200 cheaper than Magnuson who you're going to be a lot more confident is going to beat his teammate, even though this is going to be one of Ricardo's better chances to conceivably beat his teammate being only one spot behind him. Uh, I hadn't really considered the Norris's salary pivot from George Russell, um, which, okay, I like that's an angle that I would buy. And could I see Norris? Like we've seen Norris start outside the top 10 and make his way up through the field uh, this season at, at times. It's just, again, like a tough team to really want to play a ton Uh so, yeah, I mean, it's just something that I'm I'm not super excited about potentially playing them. Um, yeah, that's kind of where, where I am. Like you said, they just – I don't know. Like, they're, the fact that they were good in FP3 won me money this morning, but like, <laughs> yeah. they just weren't, weren't great yesterday, weren't great in qualifying today. Yeah, I just don't see a ton of options to play Norris and Ricardo this week. Yeah, they're really in that no man's land. Like the other teams, you get you can get salary savings, um, e- even if they're not in a great spot. Teams like Alpine, uh, they have some move up the great equity, and we've just seen them be good. McLaren's just kind of been all over the map. Like they had what a two race stretch where like oh maybe they're they're back, and and they really haven't shown it since. So I, I don't think I'll be using McLaren a ton. I I really like I'd rather use just because Schumacher's so cheap and starting the back and has like no downside use them where McLaren, they still have a lot of downside built in. We've seen them be 
pretty bad in races. So like, you know, either driver you start, they can conceivably move down five or more spots um, by the time all is said and done. Mercedes, after one race, they flip it back to Russell being cheaper than Hamilton. I, I It's crazy how reactionary the DraftKings salaries have been. I, I, I have an inkling that they're not... Um, they're, they're kind of just letting the algorithm do all the work. I don't think they're they're managing these super precisely, which isn't a surprise for a niche sport. But I, I think we go right back to Russell just being a great value. Our DFS MVP this year, getting him at a $600 discount to Hamilton, starting two spots ahead. But, I mean, Russell's just been he's, – he's just their, their better driver right now. So, I mean, is he is he the best, like, guy in that, that high-ish mid-salary range this week? Yeah, I mean, he he provides you with some options that, like, gets you some more guys in there than, like, necessarily playing a Charles Leclerc, Max, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc. Like, he gives you a little <laughs> yeah, bit more options yeah, in the middle yeah. of the field than, like, a, a studs and duds lineup would. Uh, Lewis Hamilton for, what, this is the eighth race of the year? Uh, Lewis Hamilton for the sixth or seventh time is the most unplayable driver in dfs just the limited upside uh the car is garbage uh the car is like they're they brought like a hybrid engine like they messed up the engine at the end of monaco so they're piecing it together they dropped the ride height to like the they're basically the car is dragging on the ground for lack of a better way to describe it to where it's not so much the porpoising but they can this is a street circuit this is not a a a a man-made series they're racing on the streets of baku and you can feel every like bump and every pothole and everything and hamilton's having a really hard time physically this week like it's just been another nightmarish week for them after like barcelona was apparently the oasis that is the desert this year for this team and you know george russell's a guy who provides you financial flexibility uh maybe can steal his way into a top three or four maybe find his way on the podium because he's managed to have a horse show up his rear end this year and, and a lot of the times uh yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. I, I George Russell's the MVP, and we'll keep playing him because he's going to keep providing us with some value and ability to mix in some salary elsewhere. Yeah, and there's not going to be, and we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to like how we're actually building. There's not going to be a ton of alternative alternative captains that we use this week outside of Red Bull and Ferrari. I do think Russell starting fifth is going to be one of those guys that we can uh, throw in just like as our captain in some chaos lineups. But I I really love Russell just for the the fact that he could get us away from a true studs and duds build. Um, I, I like where he's starting on the grid. I like the way he's been driving. I mean, I think at this point, Hamilton has to be, unless he has a crazy good qualifying session and, and we get him starting like top three at some point, I think he needs to be like sub 8K to even be on on, on our maps at this point. Oh, for sure. I agree completely. Um, Williams, our favorite team to talk about the Tifi, uh, last two races finished ahead of Albon after, after it looked like Albon was like the, the best salary or the best value all year. Uh, so they're starting at the back of the pack, Albon at 3,817th, Latifi at 3,018th. My guess is I'm, I keep refreshing around the Sims to see if we have ownership projections up yet. My guess is with Latifi's $800 less than Albon that he will be more popular. But for the most part, we've seen the Williams and uh, Austin Martin drivers pretty much splitting ownership 50-50. So this, this is just kind of a matter of, unless we see some crazy ownership gap, using these guys to get um, salary relief, I think using either of them is going to be fine. I don't think you're going to have to put a ton of thought into 
how popular they are because again Vettel and Joe are just going to suck up so much of that cheap driver salary that Albon Latifi we can just kind of use them as salary relief the only interesting thing here is Albon was basically saying he could have qualified better he could have gotten to q2 he, he was kind of saying alonzo slowed down on purpose because uh if if any driver he was in danger of getting into um getting out of of q1 so there was a little gamesmanship going on in qualifying according to albon the only reservation i have about albon saying that is he hasn't shown any pace all weekend they've been 17th 18th 19th uh, maybe that 20th in all the free practice sessions so um I, I i don't i don't know i think maybe albon might be wrong there i don't think albon has been an interesting play for a guy that has moved up the grid equity i don't think either of them have it this week yeah i think the thing that i will say to just be contrarian here i don't think anything you said was wrong by any means this might be a week where he might have a little bit more value than normal yes. because I think so many people are like people like basically Guan Yu Joe is going to take some of the ownership that would usually go to him. Sebastian Vettel's ownership will probably tick up a little bit because of how far ahead of Stroll he's starting. So maybe fewer eyeballs on Albon because of how good Joe did in qualifying and starting ahead of Botas. So maybe there's a little bit more value in playing Albon than normal, but he's only a spot ahead of Latifi. His like I, I agree, the car hasn't been very good this week. So, you know, there's not a ton of downside because like he can't lose like your 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 worst case scenario is zero points, right? He can't get negative points this week. So that's why both of those guys fit as salary fits and and you throw them in and hope that what happens happens and like to be able to play to like you're going to need Latifi and a studs and duds, which if you want to play a studs and duds, like that's what you're going to have to do this week. So uh, it's a possibility that it could happen and work out for you. So, yeah, I mean, you got to play them maybe a little bit more value than normal because of how some of the other guys at the bottom of the grid did. But yeah, I mean, they kind of are what they are and they are who we thought they were. Yeah. And I should say that over the last two, maybe three races after we have multiple uh, weeks of race data the run the sims ownership projections have been insanely accurate so the one thing i would say about albon is if if ownership projections do come in and we have him say like i i would expect them to both be in like this 25 to maybe 35 percent range just because they're so cheap if it comes in and albon is sub 20 percent, all of a sudden i'm just going to smash him if, if he's sub 20 percent, i'll have him in like half of my lineups but otherwise i'll just be using them both for um salary relief yeah it makes sense uh moving on to how we are kind of going to fit all of this together uh just quickly before we jump into our favorite driver driver captain and, and favorite constructors the lineups that are going to be duped like crazy any charles captain max driver latifi joe guan yu with either vettel or sonoda and ferrari cap uh, ferrari constructor those two combos are going to be duped those are going to be the 200 300 400 dupe lineup so if you're playing in the big tournament the the main tournament like don't play that because you're playing to chop for a couple hundred dollars it's just not worth it and then if max ends up being way more popular than checko the max charles latifi joe guan yu sebastian vettel red bull lineup that will be duped a ton as well so we've talked about this ton though those very obvious stud and dud lineup combos um you know, maybe they hit because they're the most obvious plays, but what are they really hitting for? If for some reason you're playing 50-50s or double-ups um, or just like a super small single-entry tournament with only like 
a hundred, I don't even know if I'd play it in a, in a hundred man contest because people are, someone else is just going to use it. Um, I, I think you could just safely avoid those lineups. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, driver and, uh, driver captain ownership projections. Um, I, I think the big thing again, like we talked about, I, I don't think I'm looking at a ton of spots to get away from our Red Bull and Ferrari captain builds. I think the biggest thing for me this week at least for my captain positions is how ownership shakes out between Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen I know Max is starting third but I he's still the favorite to win the championship this year he's still the favorite on at least on DraftKings to win the race this week even though he's he's starting everywhere yeah starting at third so if we get one of these weeks like we had I think it was Miami where Max is sub 20%. His captain um, ownership projection is sub 20%. Like we just have to smash that, right? If it's, if it's that easy to be that overweight on the best driver in the field, which would probably what we think is the best car in the field. Um, I'm all over that. And if, if Checo and Max split ownership, say, say we get like Charles coming in at 45% captain ownership and Checo and Max are both around like 22%. I think I'm just going to be crazy heavy on Red Bull across the board. Yeah, this is the most interesting debate, dilemma, whatever you want to call it in the sport right now. Because you look at their numbers and Checo Perez, it it, it doesn't even, it's not even, hey, he won the last race. He's been right there, speed, pace-wise, with Max Verstappen all year and since the incident in barcelona when he was told to move out of the way he's been pissed and he he was a better drive he had a better car in monaco he's got a better car this week right now so i'm more inclined to play sergio perez than i am max verstappen given how much better i think he's been overall now they have 24 hours ish to figure out the setup max keeps complaining about the setup of the car uh baku is interesting maybe you know going kind of back a little bit because Uh, It's a really interesting race because the circuit has so many different elements that you need to be good at. It's got, you know, slow speed corners. It's got a bunch of medium speed corners. It's got one of the longest straightaways in the sport. Like it challenges every set of skill that you're going to need to do well. So getting the car set up right so that you can handle the corners well without losing speed on the straights, enough speed on the straight so that you're not, but that you're not slip sliding away in the corners. Like it's tricky. That said, everything we've seen so far this week would indicate that Sergio Perez has got the better car than Max Verstappen does. But to your point, have people caught up to that? Are are people just going to look at it and say that Sergio Perez is starting second, Max Verstappen is starting third, and have more ownership with Sergio than Max? If that's the case, then I can kind of see where you're going in that regard. But at the same time, like Sergio gives you some flexibility salary wise that can also help. I I think it just, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to take advantage of the, um, the unknown and the indecision of the field. So if Checo takes any captain ownership away from max, even if it's like marginal, uh, Charles is going to be so popular that it's just going to give us an opportunity to be very easily overweight on which what is probably the best team in the field with two drivers that have a legit chance to win, right? That's always the struggle with like early in the season when we're talking about getting off of max 
or or Charles, it's like did Checo and and Carlos Sainz even have a real like winning like do they really have winning upside? Now Checo, we know Checo does. So let's say they both come in at say twenty to twenty five percent captain ownership projection, and Charles comes in at like forty five to fifty percent. <clears throat> if you're playing twenty lineups, I think you could just say, I'm playing six or seven max lineups i'm playing six or seven checo lineups stacking them with red bull and then i'm just going to figure out how to get unique with my four drivers and that's your and then you're just way overweight compared to the field on the best team in the sport so um i i do i think there's actually a a really good opportunity here to be overweight on red bull this week and that i think makes a lot of sense there i mean I do think that both of the drivers have potential and you don't want to ever count out Verstappen, but man, Checo Perez has been so good and it creates some also interesting dynamics. When you think about like, are are we going to be at a point this year where Red Bull asked the defending series champ series champion to play defense for the guy who's been viewed as the secondary driver when you can almost guarantee that at any point during the rest of the season, if Carlos Sainz has a chance to help Charles Leclerc, he's going to be asked to do it. And he really can't say no. Like he really doesn't have that flexibility, but that's neither here nor there. I just think that uh, I love, I, I just think that Checo again, salary wise is a guy who I'm just, so fond of this week but yeah i mean the the red bulls i think there is potential and and hopefully you know i hadn't really considered the idea that people might be all over checo more so than max i just assume every week people are going to see max as the value over checo and maybe that's not the case yeah i'm I'm excited to see the ownership percentages on that um i already mentioned that with george russell starting fifth we always want to have like a couple of random chaos lineups um i'll have some some russell captain um lineups for sure do you do you like how the idea of having wrestle a couple a couple captain lineups and is there any other uh captain you like like the the only other thing that i would i I would guess when run the sims projections come out i think it will probably make sense to have some vettel captain lineups because that cheap driver starting high um gives you just a unique lineup build for a crazy day like I, i don't think you need to use that a ton but just from a lineup building theory perspective having one or two of those lineups is always going to make sense, but are there any other drivers that you would even entertain as a captain? Um, probably not. I mean, maybe aiming Gasly's one spot yeah, back and that's has been fast thinking. all week. Yeah. Like I'm playing around with it right now. Like what's the best lineup I can put together with, uh, with Gasly. And if I put, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can do a lineup with Gasly as your captain signs, Russell Alonzo, just about anybody else and Alpha Tori, if you want to get the points for him being like you want to do a captain constructor stack. But I just I'm kind of with you in the we haven't I mean I said we haven't seen the chaos the top of the race. Uh and I'm with you in that like if there's gonna be something crazy, it's probably gonna be in the middle of the field. So yeah, I mean if you're playing a ton of lineups, build for contingency, but if you're only playing a handful of lineups, I don't know that I'm playing anyone in, in my captain spot other than the top three drivers on the grid. Yeah, I again, I, I 100% agree. I think this is this week is mostly set up to get unique with your drivers, not with your captain and constructor, um, which is fine. That, that you know, every week is a different puzzle, so it's fun to try to figure out what what way we want to do that. Uh, kind of ties into the same thing, but as far as constructors go, um, I, again, I, I just kind of think it comes down to. I think I'm going to be way uh, overweight on Red Bull just because I'm going to have so many Checo Max lineups. I get again. I, I'll have a couple George Russell Mercedes lines. Might even have like a a Ferrari um, 
you know, Ferrari captain, Charles captain with a, a Mercedes um, constructor. We saw that that win uh, early in the season just because they're both starting, um, you know, top top seven, uh, which, you know, the, the likelihood of that hitting is very low, but it is possible. And then I, I do think that it will make sense. It'll make sense to have more Charles captain Red Bull constructor than it will be to have Max or Checo with a Ferrari constructor just because I, I think it's pretty obvious Red Bull's more likely to double podium than Ferrari is so there are just always going to be scenarios where you can have the uh, the the guy from the other team and your captain we've seen that um, I don't think we've seen it hit yet but it's a lineup that that is definitely viable yeah for sure any other any other constructors at all I mean are, any AlphaTauri constructors would you consider if you're going to play a ghastly lineup, you got to play, you got to mix yeah. it with Alphatori. But, and, you know, if you're playing 100 lineups, like one. Maybe, sure. I don't know, but sure. Like, yeah, probably not for me for the limited lineups I typically play every week. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, as far as alternative salaries, I mean, I think my captain constructor mix will be pretty normal. I'm usually right around 50 50 of lineups that I stack with my captain and constructor. Might be a little heavier this week. It, it seems like a really good, um, it, it it doesn't feel like there are a lot of scenarios compared to some other races where a captain and constructor, um, a captain and non-constructor hits. So maybe I'll be at like 60% of my lineups will have captain constructor. If you're playing three max or single entry, I, I think you could just lock in captain constructor combos. You brought up that double driver stack. Um, I, I think I, the idea of, uh, of both alpha Tory drivers in your lineup is going to make a lot of sense. Uh, I've been waiting for the double driver stack to hit, you know, if you have, Charles and Ferrari or, or Max and Red Bull and you throw in both Alpha Tori drivers and maybe one more contrarian play, that might be my favorite unique lineup this week. Yeah, I we talked about it and, and it's it's an interesting prospect and I might end up playing that uh with 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 I don't know who I would maybe I'll just do keep it with uh Ferrari and Leclerc and just do that lineup and mix it in and see what happens like wasn't planning on playing a ton of lineups. And that's probably like my favorite idea, even if it's like not one that works out in our favor. I kind of love it. So, I mean, I'm kind of committed to the idea of playing that lineup and seeing kind of what happens. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense in Charles captain ferrari constructor lineups because that will be the most popular captain constructor combo like probably by a huge margin. So to make a unique build um, that way is a really good idea. Again, we talked about like the, the chalk is so obvious this week. Um, because we're going to have so many of the same captain constructor combos as the field. One of the easiest ways to get unique this week is just leaving salary on the table. Again, going back to the only, the only time that a uh, first place has been solo this year, that lineup, I believe left 1400 on the table. You've already messed around with a couple um, lineups that you like leaving salary on the table. But I, I think this week sets up really well just for that concept, just from a, a showdown theory perspective, leaving salary on the table is always going to be a really good way to get unique. Yeah. I mean, it helps when you have two guys who are 5,200 and 4,200 starting in the top 10 mm -hmm. and a guy who Definitely. beat his teammate for the first time in his career and qualifying at 3,200, it, it allows you some, some flexibility there. Uh, to play that lineup and see what happens. Yeah, I think if you, I think if you have a rule where you have, I don't know, whatever amount of lineups you're comfortable with, I think maybe a good thirty-five to forty-five percent of my lineups will leave over a thousand dollars on the table, um, if not fifteen hundred. So uh, just be thinking about that. I, I do think the most popular builds this week will be studs and duds. So I think any way you're getting away from just a pure studs and duds approach is going to be a really good idea this week. Oh, for sure. Um, moving on to our pick 'em and bets. Uh, I looked at underdog 
today and there are I believe all of these are still up from right before we started record. Oh, Lance Stroll already moved. Uh, that's funny. I guess I'm, oh, Stroll and Botas hard to move. I'm moving the line single-handedly. Um, my favorite, uh, we're, we're getting a freebie every week on underdog. They're giving us Carlos uh, signs over under 0.5 laps led. Like they keep giving us a guy that's like, has almost no chance without some crazy stuff happening at leading a lap. So I like Carlos under 0.5 laps led stroll. Uh, they moved him to his finishing position. 16.5. I think I, probably still like the over on that but not as much botas starting back at 15th now they have him at 12.5 so i think i probably still like the over on that and then they have uh, ocon versus ricardo head to head i like ocon to finish uh over ricardo starting one spot back yeah i mean i think um ocon over ricardo is just like that to me is crazy yeah that's a like, smash i think Stro- stroll again yeah i mean the, the the one of those that i'm kind of precarious on is i think botas does have the ceiling to you know, make some things happen, but you know, you're, he would be what three and a half spot. He would need yeah, to be, it was, it was a smash four bet. spots. Yeah. So, well, it's at 12 and a half now, so it's not as oh. good of a bet, but at 11 and a half starting 15th, that was like yeah. a smash, but now it's still pretty, it's pretty tough. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it's tougher now, but I think those other three are really, really good looks and mix them in and see what else kind of how things move over the next few hours into the morning and, and go from there. Um, anything in the betting markets pop to you this week? Um, I, you know, the, the markets are kind of slow to develop. So I was trying to look at some outright prices and at bet rivers or sugar house. If you're in New Jersey and Connecticut, Charles Leclerc is plus 175 to win the race. That's the best price I saw I mean, yeah, on him. Great. Look, I, I narratively like narrative is the only reason why Charles Leclerc shouldn't be a favorite in this race. He's been the best driver on the track. This week, he has been so much better than everyone else. And on top of that, he might even have more pace in that car to unlock. Now, the narrative is, well, he's won the polls, what, four polls in a row, I believe. And he didn't win any of the last three races. And we know that Ferrari, if they can find an opportunity to screw up, they will find that opportunity because that's what they do. But you cannot bank on that just happening. That's not a reason like there's nothing no empirical evidence for what we've seen so far to suggest that he's not going to win this race now it's we've seen weird things have happened all season long and like we said three races in a row he won pole did not win the race so like he should win this race and that's the best price that i saw for him if you're gonna bet anyone else i like checo just because of the price you can get him at plus 330 whereas max is still the favorite at most places and Checo's got the better car, at least from what we've seen so far, maybe that changes overnight. Maybe Red Bull unlocks something with Checo Perez at plus 3000 or at plus 30, excuse me, plus 3000 would be a much different price. And then this other one was on Bovada, a uh, Sergio three thirty, I believe was that I got that at FanDuel uh, Alonzo. So if you watch formula one, you know that the fans vote on the driver of the day, it's the fan poll and you can bet on that at Bovada and the market is fascinating to me. Now, Uh, The only person who didn't either finish first or second in the race to win driver of the day was Hamilton in Barcelona when he had the collision with Magnussen and uh, ended up finishing fifth or whatever it was, like coming back to the field and finishing. But like typically, yes, this season and most of the time, the guy who wins the race is going to be the guy who gets there. But Azerbaijan's been a race where weird things do happen. And I talked about how much I love Fernando Alonso this week, and I think that there's some potential for him to move up. And if he can go from like 10th to 5th or 4th, 
Uh, he's got a pos and he's a popular guy. He's been around forever. He's got a shot to win it. Bovada had him at plus 5,000 or 50 to one. So I'll throw a few bucks on a 50 to one that could happen. Not super likely, but I threw that as my kind of hail Mary. Cause I like a stupid long shot bet. I cannot resist them. They are my weaknesses. A better, um, I love Fernando Alonso in that spot though. Uh, so that was like a fun one, but if I, anything else I, I see, I will put out on my Twitter page. Uh, you can find that. I already hit my, I've, I've already won this week because of, <laughs> to tell the story quickly, I won't name the book because they did resolve this, but I bet Alpha Tori to have the, to be the top qualifier of teams that weren't Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari plus 240. This book watched McLaren have one good practice session in the most uh in the least important practice session, which is FP3, and they lined McLaren at minus money and they put uh they put Alpha Tauri, which had the best car outside of those top three all week at plus 240. And in Q1, Q2, Q3, no doubter. Uh my man Pierre Gasly wins that bet. I keep refreshing to see the winnings because I just like that dopamine hit of seeing the money in the account and there's nothing there. And I'm like, what in the world? So like I log in and it says that I lost the bet and I'm like, what? So I reach out to this book and this book has horrible customer service. Their customer service is terrible. You have to like send them an email and then communicate with people via email. So I was like, here's what happened. I took screenshots of all of this stuff sent it to them. And the response was, this was the bet that you made. It finished second. Therefore it was graded as a loss. And that's when like, you know, the anger from inside out when his like the fire starts shooting out of his head. That was me. I was irate at that point. And I messed it up like, like, no, that's not right. So I send another message. I'm like this close to absolutely losing my mind. I'm like custom trying to get their customer service on Twitter. Like, can I have a phone number to talk to a person? And eventually I go back, I refresh, and they put the money in my account and grade it properly. My guess is someone thought that George Russell still raced for Williams. That's the only <laughs> thing that I can do. Because they, they said he finished second. That's funny. Which, like, the only possible way, because the, the top four were the Red Bull and Ferrari, so they had to think that George Russell still raced for Williams. So nevertheless, I won. We cleared it. We're good. Me and that book, we're on good terms sort of but uh i already won that one so now i can lose all my other bets this weekend because i won one and i'm gonna end up losing everything else because that's how it goes all right well let's uh let's ride baby um that that about does it for the preview this week i, I think we could parlay that uh that long roundabout finally winning a bet into a very profitable weekend uh we'll be back next week with the canadian grand prix preview as always, make sure you're checking out Run the Sims. Go to runthesims.com. Use the promo code 444 for 10% off USFL and F1 betting, projections, tools, and content. And make sure you check out Underdog. Get a free 444 Pro or DFS subscription if you deposit at least $10 onto Underdog Fantasy using the promo code 444. And they will also match your first deposit up to $100. You must be a new Underdog user. Just see the link in the description. And don't forget to check out our Discord for all the bets we've been talking about, for um, our DFS picks, for the lineups uh, that we're thinking about leading up to the race tomorrow. Uh, make sure you hop in the Discord. Tons of action in there on all sports, on all betting, on all pickups on all dfs and keep a lookout for the bet spurts bundle right now it is available on dynasty league football website it should be available um on, on a couple more of our properties very soon you get access to four for four dynasty league football fantasy life app and bet spurts for just 99 dollars. if you're watching us on youtube 
please subscribe to the channel. Please give this a like if you're listening. Please give us a five-star review on your uh, podcast app of choice. That really helps us out a ton. Make sure you're following all of us on Twitter. 4 for 4 is at 4 for 4 football. All the good stuff at BetSports right now is at BetSports Golf. Dan is at really Dan Weiner. Run the Sims at Run the Sims. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Talk to you guys next week.